Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the After Party episode number five. I'm going to jump right in and start talking about Deep Fusion because we just got an update to iOS that's going to allow the latest iPhones to take advantage, start using Deep Fusion. Now, the iOS version that gave this to us is 13.2. So check your update, uh, see where you're at, and see if this is something that you want to grab. I mean, you're going to want to grab it. But here's the thing, though. When I heard about this on the stage during the announcement, I was super, super into it. I was really excited for it. And it was one of the things that I couldn't wait to actually experience and try. And spoiler alert, okay, it's not quite as impressive as I was hoping or as I thought. It's not as fun to use as I thought it was going to be uh, for lots of reasons, none of which are like really bad. It's a good feature to actually have on my iPhone. I'm glad that it's there. Um, but it's just a little bit more boring than I thought. So if you get 13.2 and you have an iPhone 11 or an 11 Pro or an 11 Pro Max, you'll be able to use Deep Fusion. Here's the thing. It's not quite as impressive as I thought it was going to be. Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell the difference. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amend that statement. Most of the time, for me, <laughs> it's been pretty hard to tell the difference, ex with one exception. Like one time I really noticed... Um, but then at that point, it was almost so sharp. I was like, I don't know if that looks better or good. I looked at the other version without it, and that looked good. I don't know. Maybe I'm just more used to the other version. But either way, um, it's kind of a, a weird mode. The main weird thing about this, and maybe it's weird and maybe it's not, but it's an automatic thing. Like, it just happens on its own, and you don't really have any control over it. You do sort of but not really by design, not on purpose. Apple tried to not give you control over it because I think the thinking was they just wanted you to take the best picture that you could, an amazing photo, without you having to think about it, which actually makes a lot of sense. I'm behind that thinking. Good for Apple and good for consumers, good for iPhone people because it's going to look better. But, you know, when it came out, it sounded like it was going to be more like night mode, something you can, like, know is on or tweak a little bit, you know, change it, do something with it, activate it at the very minimum. And uh, it's not really the case. It's a laid back experience. Like with night mode, you know that you're taking a night mode shot because you see that little yellow sticker up there. And it's also like, hold still to get the best shot. With deep fusion, it's all just happening in the background. Now there's one way to actually tell that you're using deep fusion, that you're getting the most out of it. And you have to go into, very purposefully, the settings, camera settings, uh, and then turn off the feature that says capture out of frame. You got to turn that off, which is too bad because that's kind of a cool thing. It lets you reframe your photo a little bit uh, afterwards if you didn't quite capture what you meant to or if it would look a little better. You can't tweak it with Deep Fusion on. If that setting is turned on, then Deep Fusion is toast. You're not using it. And that's the one way that you know for sure that you're not using Deep Fusion. So it's kind of an on-off button, but not really. It's not meant to be. It's just that it's incompatible with that particular mode. So this brings up the question, like, what is Deep Fusion good for? If it's actually pretty hard to tell the difference between a Deep Fusion photo and a photo that doesn't have Deep Fusion turned on, not impossible. Just like, it's just, let me, let me explain. Deep Fusion, if you were to see two things side by side, you just may not even notice the difference, the, the one that had it and the one that didn't. Where you do tend to notice a difference in my experience is when you zoom like way in and you start looking at like fibers in sweaters. That's where the sweater comes in because it seems to do really well. It really gets to work on textured things. 
So people are taking pictures of like rugs, <laughs> you know what I mean, on the floor. And that's not something that you normally would take a picture of or, or like in your beard or your hair, like it may do something there. Um, but that's where this whole uh, deep fusion sweater gang thing came from because just textured stuff, that's where it really seems to make a big difference. But if you wanna take advantage of your brand new ultra wide lens, you know, the thing you're all excited about with your new iPhone, it doesn't work. Deep Fusion, it does not get along with your ultra wide lens, and that's too bad. So it's not like it's just gonna work no matter what, whatever lens you're using, no. So on the regular wide angle lens, not the ultra wide, just the regular, uh, you may notice it there in like some medium light situations. It may kick on. Uh, oh, you know, I thought I thought of another thing. Um, if if you are taking a picture of your cat or your pet with that hair, that might pop a little bit better with Deep Fusion. So if your pet has an Instagram account, <laughs> then Deep Fusion, that's made for you. But actually, the place where I've gotten Deep Fusion to kick in the most and like actually try to do some heavy lifting, make a difference in a photo is with the telephoto lens. So iPhone 11, uh, that's not gonna apply to you, like if that's what you have, because you just have the wide and ultra wide, right? But if you have the telephoto on the Pro uh, this year, then I found, because, you know, I think it's because it just lets in less light, so it's just automatically gonna be a better candidate for using Deep Fusion um, for whatever. So, I don't know, that's where I did a lot of my test shots for Deep Fusion to try to see the difference, and that's where I ended up seeing uh, where it kicked in the most. But honestly, like if you're not sitting there turning off the capture out of frame setting, turning it back on, and taking a photo to like compare one versus the other before and after, I just don't know that you're gonna notice. And so in that way, it was sort of a dud, unless it really can improve, you know? Like maybe it's something that's gonna get incrementally better uh, next year or something, and maybe this is just the foundation, we're gonna keep building on it. Like I'm not complaining that it's there. It's there, it does do something, um, it's just less fun and less noticeable than I thought. So, the new AirPods Pro are out now, and yes, as I'm recording this actually, my initial impressions, my first listen video is going live, and it was fun. Uh, I really had a lot of fun with it. It's so long, it's in such high quality that it's taking forever to upload, so probably gonna hit sometime this afternoon, uh, or maybe around dinner time, I don't know. But look for it. Um, <laughs> here's something that's kind of funny. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, on the earnings call recently, implied or actually said that the brand new AirPods Pro were going to be complementary devices for current AirPods owners. So if you had the originals or the V2 with the wireless charging, uh, he would seem to be under the impression that people were gonna be going out to own, buy the new ones so that they could own two. Not to get rid of the old ones, but with the actual intention of saying, I got these AirPods, I got these new AirPods. These I'm gonna use when I need noise canceling, and these I'm not. And I don't know, people are kind of uh, wondering about that statement. Now you have to put this in context. Cook is talking to the investors, and he's trying to let them know like what the status is for everything, and he's amping up AirPods in this conversation. He's saying, people love AirPods, uh, we're seeing a lot of growth with AirPods, and by the way, that was anyways, but we're also adding in this exciting new product, which we expect to do really well too, and contribute to the AirPods growth within Apple. So he's hyping it up, and he's amping it up, and then in the midst of that conversation, he comes out with this statement where he says, basically, 
he guesses that the first customers are probably going to be people who had AirPods already and are looking to upgrade. So in that capacity, and when you think of it that way, it actually makes sense. Because I think he's right. A lot of people who had AirPods are going to want to upgrade. And so all of a sudden, because you're wanting to upgrade, if you had them before, well, yeah, technically you're going to own two pairs of AirPods now, right? But it's a little bit different to think of it that way than to say, like someone's there sitting there making a decision like, I need two AirPods, two sets of AirPods. That'd actually be four AirPods uh, because one's just not getting it done. And actually, I need to be able to have both charge and think about what's going to be needed in what situation. And no, you know, that I really don't see that happening. Like that's not what people are actually going to be doing um, and what they're after. Because if you just think it through, like they do have separate features, the new AirPods Pro and the old AirPods. Uh, they are very different. Like, there's a new design, got new ear tips, uh, obviously the noise cancellation, the way that their phone uh, app helps you, like, measure to get the right fit, the right seal, um, everything that I've just talked about in the video that's uploaded right now. You know, oh, 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 and they look different, too. Like, all the hype beasts out there who want the, the cutting-edge thing and want to be seen with the latest thing like they look different because that stem is shorter than the previous generation like no they're not the same thing but there's so much overlap there's so much similarity you know like the core features and the core functionality which in my mind really has to do mostly with convenience uh it is wireless that's convenient uh, but there's other wireless things but but the way that these live and breathe inside the apple ecosystem that convenience, um, that exists with both of the AirPods. And that's what people, I think, have traditionally gone to AirPods for, um, was for that convenience. So it's less convenient, I think, to have two sets of AirPods and have to choose and keep them charged. So I don't know. Um, it's kind of an interesting statement. And to be honest, I just kind of want to add some context because people were kind of freaking out like, oh, wow, Apple expects us to just stockpile these things. But I don't think that's really... Uh, what the intention of the statement was. It was just said in the midst of talking to investors, wanting to hype up the product. And I think he was just pointing out that a large segment of early movers, the people who are going to try this out first, are very likely to be people who had a previous generation of AirPods. All right, I thought I'd just catch you guys up on like what are some of my favorite Apple Arcade apps or titles, games so far, now that we're a few weeks into it. And uh, this is going to be kind of embarrassing to admit, I feel like. Oh, I shouldn't be. Like, this is the game that I play the most. But the thing that I've been playing the most is this game called Hexaflip. Now, it's not your traditional, like, hardcore gamer's game. It's not like an RPG, and there's not a huge open world to explore. There's no multiplayer functionality. Um, this is really, and, and really, I, I feel like there's probably similar games out there, <laughs> too, um, even outside of Apple Arcade. It's, it's not really anything particularly novel. It's just this is the thing that I've gravitated to the most and, and have spent the most time in. So it's called Hexaflip, and what it is is basically it's one of the games that you can just take out of your pocket and play for a minute or two and it doesn't take like a huge time commitment which is that's important for me because right now I'm so busy I barely have time to do anything it feels like um even like I just you know gaming it should be like relaxing sometimes right I've done that in the past like I, I want to relax so fire up a game I just don't have the time really to like get really into gaming 
right now at this stage in the game. So, so Hexaflip has been there like when I'm in line for something or if I just have a couple of minutes before something and want a little distraction like Hexaflip. That's what I've been turning to. And it's really simple. Um, the controls, you, you control this little, I guess, hexagon and there's like a hexagonal walkway like out in front of you and it's just a tap on the right we'll flip it over to the right tap on the left flip it over to the left and in that way you can like move forward but you got to avoid obstacles and there's like tiles that are moving around you got to get on it just the right time and you don't want to get hammered uh, if you're in the wrong tile at the wrong time um, there's like traps it's kind of a puzzle I guess uh, but it doesn't feel too puzzly so sometimes the puzzle ones really aren't my favorite but this one's like it's pretty fast pace um and if you die or whatever lose a turn it's no big deal just start over really quick and so i don't know that's really honestly been like my main thing it hasn't been one of the mega titles um you know that everyone's super excited about and talking about uh for me it's been hexaflip <laughs> one game that's uh pretty entertaining like i have uh got some smiles some laughs out of this game is what the golf um, I don't know if you've messed around with this at all. I, I almost hate to promote it because I feel like, don't think I'm weird for saying this, but like, uh, there's a few weird things for me in there because what it is, well, I guess I should explain it in case you haven't seen this. What it is, it's like, it's a golf game, but instead of like hitting a golf ball, you hit all kinds of weird objects and like holes are moving around, uh, or like the guy, the golfer himself will start flying down the course instead of the golf ball. It's like, it's just completely funny is supposed to be and different and unexpected and it is um but sometimes you know like hitting a kitten or something like on the course I'm not really down with that I wish that they had left that out you know like hitting an animal I really do wish they let that out but uh it still has been kind of fun I played a little around with that a little bit um I actually ended up deleting it again just out of not having a lot of time but another one though that has been interesting to me and which I could spend a little more time in but which I also feel is not really made for me in a way is assemble or assembly I'm not 100% sure what it's called but um actually uh the editor at the verge I saw him recommend this on Twitter um the part of the game that is really fun for me is the assembling of stuff. So it's like a repair kind of a story where you can actually take apart tech stuff, like an old tape recorder. Um, you gotta like use a screwdriver and stuff, take out the batteries uh, and find like the problems with stuff. People need your help. Um, and you can like rotate it around in 3D space and, and use some tools. That's fun. That is really cool. Like this is a really great concept uh, and I'd like to see more of it actually. And it's not something I've seen something like this before. And so that's kind of fun too. Uh, Oceanhorn obviously has been a, a cool game. It's waiting on my devices and on my Apple TV for me to start like getting into it. But that one is, and I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to go too in depth here, but that one, ha it's like the most console-like game on Apple Arcade right now. I see that it's always in the top number one spot there for a reason in popularity because like it's a really cool experience. Um, a lot of people just write it off as like a Zelda ripoff. And, you know, there's a little truth there, but, well, yeah, no, it, it does have some similarities. But it's immersive. Uh, I like to explore. And so, you know, that's cool. I just haven't had the time, though. I'm running into the time issue. So it's one that I would play more just running out of time. Possessions is an interesting game. Uh, Apple set out with Apple Arcade to really do something different and not just be a cookie-cutter gaming service. They wanted to showcase games and give people experiences 
that were totally different. And that is what possessions is. Um, this one I saw a lot of people saying they really like too. And surprisingly, uh, this one I think has pretty high ratings. If you look around, it's not like every game in Apple Arcade is really highly rated. Some of the games get like two point something or three star reviews. Um, so it's interesting. Just because it's in Apple Arcade doesn't mean that it's going to be a five star game um, or not need improvements. But anyways, this one's rated pretty highly, and I checked it out. And what it is is sort of like you start with the room, like a living room, for instance, and you rotate around. Uh, the room with your finger and there's like a floating object and you got to rotate it around until it fits within the room if that makes sense so if there's like a picture then you rotate it around and try to get it just right so that it's kind of hanging on the wall and then it sticks to the wall and it's there and it just sort of progresses it's very relaxing there's no pressure it's just kind of fun uh to move it around now for me it's almost like too relaxing not relaxing relax is the wrong word I'm used to like more action in a game. Um, it's very slow paced, uh, but still, I haven't deleted it. Um, I got a few levels in and I kept it around because it was just different. It was kind of fun when you need a change. The first time I talked about Apple Arcade, I remember telling everybody I wanted multiplayer games. And there is a multiplayer game that came that wasn't Lego Brawls, although Lego Brawls, cool, maybe we'll talk about it in a sec. Um, is called hogwash and I really like the idea of it like the concept it's like pigs versus farmer and it is multiplayer and the pigs run around trying to get dirty and cover everything on the farm with mud and the farmer is running around with water trying to get everything clean and it's kind of like a race or a battle uh, and so I like it I like the competitive aspect it's just the controls and even the graphics are pretty cool it's just the controls seem ah uh, they need some tweaking. Let's put it that way. Otherwise, and I did end up deleting this one. Um, it was a great concept, but I couldn't really get into it because of the controls. Okay, but Lego Brawls, though, um, it probably still is the best multiplayer in Apple Arcade. If you guys know anything about me, like multiplayer is really my thing for the most part. Uh, I really enjoy competing with people. And it's like if you're not playing against, when you play against a computer, it doesn't really mean anything is pointless right i mean i guess you accomplish something if you defeated like a big horde of enemies or something but if you're playing against a person like it's just more fun i don't know um and it's not quite so predictable and whatever um so lego brawls probably comes the closest to being the best kind of multiplayer no i mean it's the best multiplayer experience in apple arcade but it comes the closest to the kind of game that i would like probably in apple arcade um although it's not you know, like Fortnite or something. Um, it's more like 2D and whatever, but it's still fun. There's fun to be had there. One game that I keep meaning to try that I haven't tried yet is Where Cards Fall. And the graphics and the gameplay really intrigue me every time that I see the trailer. Um, the thing is, the story, You, if you guys can tell, like story modes <laughs> uh, tend to lose me a little bit. Uh, again, because I'm so low on time. If there's one story mode I'm going to sit through, it might be like Star Wars, right? Uh, the upcoming Jedi, whatever, Fallen Knight or something, whatever it is. Like that, I could probably play through that. And like uh, Battlefront 2, there's a story mode. I went through a little bit there and I went back to multiplayer. But uh, I haven't downloaded it yet, but I meant to just to experience it, if nothing else, because it looks so different than anything out there. And so overall, I do really respect um, what Apple's trying to do. And, and we're just a few weeks in and um, they've put out some interesting stuff that is different 
from what else exists out there. But I do find myself almost sort of uh, getting bored. It may be something that I end up canceling. I don't know. Um, whenever I finish Hexaflip, uh, because the kind of games that I really get into tend to be more like what Google Stadia might offer. And so maybe I'll check that out and see where that leaves me in terms of, do I keep Apple Arcade? I don't know. Somebody asked as a question for this podcast, whether or not they should get the new Beats Solo Pros or the new AirPods Pro. And this is a good question. I didn't really get to address it in my Beats video, the Solo Pro video, because the AirPod Pros weren't quite out yet. Apple's been releasing all of this different uh, audio hardware, which is fun, which is cool, um, but it's leaving people with a lot of decisions now to make if they wanna be in the Apple ecosystem uh, for these items. Um, so the person asking the question said they do a lot of traveling and they're just looking for something that's really convenient. Um, so already, even though I really have only had maybe even less than 24 hours with the AirPod Pros at this point. AirPod Pros, AirPods Pro. It's really, it's getting weird here with all the pro stuff, the names. But I can still tell you, I've noticed some differences. The noise cancellation, for one thing, is very different. The comfort, um, the fit, you know, that's very different. Uh, so yeah, let me talk a little bit about it. First of all, I think that if I had to pick one of these for better sound, I would have to go with the Beats Solo Pros. Why? Um, I guess technically like the drivers and everything are just bigger. It has a bigger, crisper, punchier sound. And that's just probably due to the size of the things. AirPod Pros are so much smaller than the Beats Solo Pros. Um, so if you're coming down in this decision, it's most important for you for sound, like the quality of the sound, then I think you have to go with the Beats Solo Pros for sure. But if we're talking about noise canceling, that's another interesting topic. So the noise canceling on the AirPods um, is very interesting. It's good, but maybe not great is the feeling I'm sort of getting as I start using them, especially compared to uh, the Beats, the Solo Pros. The uh, noise canceling on those is really comparable for me on the Solo Pros to like Bose. Um, which I've been using for years. And so it's that's to say it's very good. On the AirPod Pros, the noise canceling, um, it just, it, it it is there. But I don't know, something about it is just a little bit less powerful is what it seems like. But I'll tell you what I like though better on the AirPod, AirPods Pro for sure, for sure, is the transparency mode. Both the Solo Pros and the AirPod Pros have this transparency mode, which lets in some ambient sound from your environment. Um, something Apple did on the AirPods Pros really just boosts the sounds around you. And it's not just turning up the mics. They've like added in some clarity or something. And so I just talked about this in the other video, but I heard that uh, they were supposed to, I gotta be careful how I phrase that, that the AirPod Pros were supposed to make it so it's like when you're talking in transparency mode to people around you, your voice sounds very natural in your head, um, which is different than what you might get with some other wireless uh, earphones, but also that it would be like wearing nothing. And now that physically wasn't true. I could tell like there was something in my ear, but your head starts almost like playing tricks on you with that transparency mode with the AirPods Pro because you can hear everything so good around you. On the Beats Solo Pros, um, the transparency mode is still cool. I like it a lot. It's just, it's different. It's a little bit, 
it's normal. That's what it is. When I've seen this mode on other headphones, the Beats Solo Pro's transparency mode is just very par for the course. Whereas the AirPods Pro, uh, they really took it to another level. So just to recap, I feel like I've really been rambling. Um, the AirPods Pro uh, have maybe slightly less good noise canceling than the Solo Pros do. So the, the Solo Pros do win in the noise canceling department, but having to do with the noise canceling, the AirPods Pro definitely win when it comes to that transparency mode. And I like that a lot. In terms of comfort though, the Beats Solo Pros, I talked about this in the video, those are not headphones that I'm going to want to wear for three or four hours in a stretch because it's just the way they clamp down on my ears. They're comfortable uh, in the short term, like for an hour and a half, maybe two hours would be kind of stretching the limit there. So they're comfortable enough for like, that, that's why I call them like really great everyday headphones in the full Beats video. Because during a normal day, if you're a student or, or working somewhere, then you probably aren't gonna have them, unless you're like a music professional or, or somebody like me doing some editing, you may not have headphones on you know, for too long at a time. And I haven't had enough time really with the AirPods Pros yet to definitively say like how comfortable they are. But I did notice this morning, um, the, the seal is very comfortable. They completely seal up your ears for better noise isolation. The seal is really comfortable on AirPod, AirPods Pro, but I think the shape of the, the, the plastic itself um, might have been giving me a little bit of ear fatigue after only wearing them for an hour and a half or so. I don't know. That's something that is TBD. It needs to be determined. I need to do some more testing there. So don't just like go right off of this video thinking that the AirPods Pros are less comfortable. I do feel like though, already, they're a little bit less comfortable for me than the V2 AirPods, the last gen AirPods. But everyone's ears are different. That's the thing. Whatever I say isn't gonna apply to everyone out there. I guess I could talk about the looks. Um, I mean, it just depends on the look that you're going for. Obviously, it's much more lower profile if you go with the AirPods Pros because, you know, with that shorter stem or stick, you know, you're just going to notice them less. Uh, and then on the other hand, it, maybe you want to be seen with the Beats. I think if you're buying Beats, you probably don't mind being seen because, and they designed them this way. They're very iconic in the way that they look and it's really become as much a fashion thing as an audio solution. But the beats, the colors of the beats, they're so bold, like they're meant to be seen. Whereas the AirPods with that white, it sort of recedes and the, and the size sort of recedes. Whereas uh, just into your persona, you know, whereas the beats, like they're there to stand out. And maybe it comes down to like personality, like do you wanna stand out, you know, or don't you? in terms of how they look. Now, I said this in the recent AirPods Pro video, which is actually just uploading still as I'm talking here, but if I were going on a plane, I would pick the AirPods Pros because they're small and convenient and fit in a pocket. Now, I know there's people out there who would prefer having something on or over their ears, probably thinking that maybe it'd be more comfortable. If you got something like the Beats studios not the solos but the studios which don't yet have a pro version but which i'm guessing or thinking or hoping that will come out um you might feel like an over the ear would be more comfortable for a long flight or maybe would even provide better noise isolating and that might be true but the size and the convenience of the airpods is what would win for me but you have to keep in mind that you know the trump card might be 
the noise canceling quality if you're traveling because I think that the Beat Solo Pros have the AirPods Pros beat for noise canceling. All right, so that's gonna do it for this edition of the After Party. If you're not already, make sure that you're following at Daily Tech, spelled Daily T-E-K-K. Get that into your head if you're new around here. Daily T-E-K-K on Instagram and on Twitter because that's always a good place to connect. I'm always asking questions and stuff that end up in videos or podcast content, so uh, make sure to connect with the community there. If you like this, um, there's a link down in the description which will let you purchase a coffee for me as a thank you. If you don't know, I love coffee, and this is something new that we've been doing, and shout out to everybody um, that purchased the first few coffees. Appreciate you guys, but just for listening, I appreciate everybody um, that participates in these podcasts and in the videos. You guys are awesome.